an annual argument that I have uh, with, with with folks from other radio stations or with with uh, folks from Cuba or from not Cuba, I'm sorry, from Miami uh, that come up here with that mess talking about they they started the Cuban sandwich. They didn't, you didn't start in the Cuban sandwich. Y'all came up here and stole it. Don't even try it. So, <laughs> Jolie and Victor Padilla, great, great, great friends. Go out to the Cuban Sandwich Fest, folks, today. Enjoy yourself uh, today here in Ybor City. Um, it, 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 this this holiday weekend, by the way. Remember, now tomorrow's Memorial Day. This is holiday weekend. Go out there and take part in the 1800 East 8th Avenue. They do this every year, and they do great work, uh, and, and they, they give money to charities and things like that. It's, it's a tremendous, tremendous time. You have a great time, another great time in Ebor City with the real Cuban sandwich. The real Cuban sandwich. Yours truly will be there. I think, Mobile, Mobile you're going with me, right? Yeah. All right. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. President Biden is on his way to Uvalde, Texas to meet with community and religious leaders. He's to attend church services and offer condolences to the families of the victims of Tuesday's elementary school shooting. NPR's Ping Huang reports from Uvalde. Uvalde voted 60% for Trump in the last presidential election. Gilbert Gallegos says Biden's not too popular here. A lot of people don't like him here, so who knows what type of response it is. They're gonna all the security that's involved for a cop for a, for him to come in, right? It's gonna disrupt people's daily lives. Gallegos's parents lived near the shooter and helped his first victim, his grandmother, get help after she was shot. Carlos A. Fernandez was born and raised in Uvalde. What I see is that this have happened before, and seems like nobody really cares. Nobody do nothing about gun control. They said they're going to do this, do that, and they never did. Many people from the city agree. Ping Huang, NPR News. In Chattanooga, Tennessee, police say bystanders are among six people who were injured last night in an exchange of gunfire in the city's downtown. Police say at least one person of interest has been detained. A senior official in eastern Ukraine is accusing Russia of systematically destroying the city of Severodonetsk and its people. The BBC's Steve Jackson reports a governor of the Luhansk region describes the attacks as relentless. Severodonetsk is the easternmost place in the Donbass region still held by Ukraine, and it is currently a key focus of the Russian assault. The Luhansk governor said more civilians in the city had been killed in the latest attacks and buildings destroyed, including apartment blocks and a cinema. But he said Russian troops trying to capture a vital road out had been driven back. Earlier, Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, said the situation remained difficult in the Donbass, where he said Russia was trying to squeeze out some result for itself. The BBC's Steve Jackson reporting demand at food pantries spiking again as people struggle with highest, the uh, highest inflation in decades. But NPR's Jennifer Ludden reports those higher costs also make it harder for food banks to meet the need. More expensive food, gas, and rent hit lower-income households hardest. Even many with jobs say they now need donated foods to make ends meet. But inflated prices are also straining food bank budgets. On top of that, supply chain problems mean things that used to arrive in weeks now take months. Christopher Tan heads the Food Bank of Southeastern Virginia and the Eastern Shore. Breakfast cereal, uh, pasta, pasta sauce, these are things that are the staples of almost every food bank, right? It's just very difficult to find. Some food pantries are cutting back on what they offer. Meantime, charitable food groups are asking Congress for another round of emergency funding. Jennifer Ludden, NPR News. This is NPR. This is WMNF Tampa. Storm off Mexico's southern Pacific coast has strengthened into a hurricane. Hurricane Agatha is the first of the eastern Pacific season, and forecasters say it could make landfall tomorrow in the southern state of Oaxaca. Officials say Agatha's outer bands have already arrived. Forecasters are warning of potentially life-threatening flash flooding and mudslides. In the Atlantic, federal forecasters are warning of a busy hurricane season. NPR's Debbie Elliott reports on the forecast for the season of it starts June 1st. NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, predicts another year of record-shattering tropical activity for the Atlantic and Gulf Coasts. NOAA Administrator Rick Spinrad. Which would make this year the seventh consecutive above-normal season. 
NOAA meteorologists forecast there will be 14 to 21 named storms this year, with as many as six of those becoming destructive major hurricanes. They point to conditions including La Nina and climate-warmed ocean temperatures that fuel hurricane development. The Atlantic hurricane season runs through the end of November. Debbie Elliott, NPR News. Red flag warnings for the sort of hot, windy weather that fans wildfires in effect this weekend in much of the southwestern United States. The warnings come as crews fight the nation's largest active wildfire in northern New Mexico. It's been burning east of Santa Fe for the past seven weeks. Some 3,000 firefighters working to contain the flames of fire has destroyed at least 330 homes. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Jarl and Pamela Moan. Thanking the people who make public radio great every day, and also those who listen. And the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation at MacFound.org. WMNF commemorates Juneteenth at the Palladium Theater in St. Pete on Saturday, June 18th with an array of black excellence. Featuring spoken word poets, music from Soul Caravan, starring local artists and musical directors Kenny Walker and Vincent Sims, plus other special guests. Expect the best renditions of Earth, Wind & Fire and a soul review all the while connecting with neighbors and friends. Plus, tune in that week to 88.5 FM and the WMNF app to honor Juneteenth with special music, stories, and guests on air. For more information and to buy tickets, go to WMNF.org. I'm Jennifer McShritis, Chair of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Tune in to 88.5 FM and WMNF.org to hear interviews with our volunteer programmers, music you won't hear anywhere else, and informative news. Our Diversity and Inclusion Committee is excited to connect with organizations and individuals that support our local area. Thank you for keeping our community strong, and we want to help you make a difference. Let's do this together by emailing diversity at WMNF.org. Universal ghetto life, all the black and know it well No quiet storm, vital form, pen push the brighter course Mind is a vital force, high level writer course Shoulders, the lion's roar, voice is the siren I swing round, ring out, and bring down the tyrant Shock the small axe and knock the giant lopsided The world is so dangerous, there's no need to frighten The suckers trying to hide like the struggle won't find them Then the sun busts through the cloud, they clearly remind them It's everywhere, penthouse, babe, and the curb Cradle to the grave, talk of each of a shell Universal ghetto life, all the black you know well what it is You know, they know what it is We know, y'all know what it is Ecstatic, there it is Huh, what it is You know, we know what it is They know, y'all know what it is You know, it is What it is You know, we know what it is They know, y'all know what it is You know, it is Fantastic. Go, go, go. 
Most Diff and Slick Rick the Ruler right here on WMNF 88.5 on the Sunday Forum. Thank you for joining us this morning. We thought we'd do a little, uh, uh, one of our little music bits here. All right, all right, all right. Hey, listen, we are very glad to be talking about this, this issue of the, of the disappearing communities here in Tampa. And one of them... Uh, is his the bottom? The bottom, uh, you know, it's being gentrified, and we're joined. We're joined by Mr. Milton uh, Johnson. Uh, you know, we, listen, we 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 are we are very glad to have you with us. As we, as we talk about this thing, it is being gentrified, and there are narratives that need to be had about this. How do you feel about that, Mr. Johnson? Well, I. I yeah, it, it is something that needs to be uh, addressed or uh, you know brought up because uh, it's it's uh, how to say it. Uh, it's been a uh, I, I don't know how to the word to, to use it, but to use but uh, it, it's, it's caused uh, I think some of a downfall, so to speak. Of our communities by by this happening, uh, it, it, uh, some of our you know foundation, so to speak, right. uh, that we had in the communities, uh, it, it took part of that away. I, I, I think you know that's my personal opinion, uh, unfortunately. And uh, so you know, if we could, if we could, if we could get back to that in having strong communities like we had back then, uh, despite some of our shortcomings. Uh, but if we could get back to that, I think it would have a, uh, a positive, uh, overall positive effect even on our, uh, the younger ones that are coming up today, uh, you know, put some uh, some stability uh, back in, you know, in, in our lives. And, it, I, you know, I think it'll, it'll cut down on some of the stuff that we, what we're seeing in our community, some of the negative stuff that we're seeing in our communities. Right. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, you got all kind of influences now as opposed to back then. You kind of had a, a centralized influ influence from, uh, you know, people in the community, uh, you know, that had, uh, you know, a, a lot, like I said, you know, going back to, you know, morals and values. Uh, I think there's been an erosion of that, and uh, I think some of the causes to that erosion is it is from the gentrification of the of the of the uh, of the community itself. Communities, yeah, right. yeah, right. exactly. You know, so uh, you know there was some there was some you know positive things that came from, uh, and I, I'll say that you know I'll say it again there were some positive things that came from integration, but as well there were some 
negative things, I think, that came from that because it, it caused us, there was a little bit of separation there. Uh, you know, and what I mean by that, you, 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 you sliced up the neighborhoods. Right. And, uh, you know, you said some, you know, we were talking about this last night, uh, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, uh, people that had went to the same school all their lives and blah, 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 and was looking forward to, you know, going to another, you know, uh, a school that maybe their older brothers or whatever had graduated from. And then here comes integration. And then they got, you know, people from the bottom got sent all the way to Lato High School. Right. Uh, which is, right. you know, Carrollwood, town and country, wherever. So, you know, that was, you know, that was a big, big adjustment there, I think. And so, uh, and not saying that that was all because of the gentrification of the neighborhood, don't get me wrong, of the community, but I think we got a lot of, a lot of little intangibles there. Well, we lost some stuff. Uh, yeah. We lost the Busy Bee, right? I, I see Terrence right. Lenoir, who's also from the bottom, he brings up the fact, you know, we lost the Busy Bee. We right. lost, uh, we, for those of you who don't know what the Busy Bee is, the Busy Bee was the, the community uh, juke joint, if you will. Juke joint. It was, it was, <laughs> a meeting place. It was, it was a store, juke joint, whatever you want. The candy store. Candy store. Right. They could go in and get the snacks, but they couldn't stay in there because the adults were in there because it was a juke joint and they was, you know, they served beer and wine. So right. if it was a kid, you went in there and you got what you were going to get and you got out of there. Boy, I got a whooping, boy. I'll never forget. <laughs> I got a whooping. My grandma made me pick a switch. I I, uh, I had to go in. I was I was really little, so you know I was always mm-hmm. told not to go, you know, a good distance away from uh, my grandfather's uh, shop. Right. And I I would I, every I remember inching up every day. I, I'd inch up a little more and a little closer, a little closer, and I finally made it to mm-hmm. the busy bee. Man, boy, I tell you what, that I think that that was that was a whooping that was worth it that day. <laughs> <laughs> that was whooping worth it. Listen, we got <laughs> we have uh, a young lady. Uh, <laughs> one, that's, one of my one of my memorable worst whippings I got from swimming where you talk about in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna talk about that ditch in just a few minutes. Uh, we got we have a young lady by the name of Tony Young, Doctor Tony Young, who's going to join us uh, and talk about these narratives, these community narratives and things, and how important they are. Doctor Young, are you there? Dr. Young? Um, I think you, I'm Naya Young. Dr. Tony is not on the line. Oh, hey, Naya. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very glad to have you on the line. How are you doing? Everything okay? Everything is wonderful. Thank you. Good. Good, good, good. So I understand that that you guys are, you guys have a, have a big situation going down. Um, we do. We have a big situation going down this, uh, actually in a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of, you know, let everyone know that's listening. Um, we're having, this is our second annual, um, Tampa Heights Cultural Festival. Um, it's going to be right in the Tampa Heights area. Um, it's to celebrate the culture because, you know, Tampa Heights has a very, 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 um, rich culture mm-hmm. um, and so we're having this effort to celebrate the culture in Tampa Heights but also it's a Juneteenth celebration as well um, it's going to be on Saturday June 11th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, we're going to have um, different artists um, so we'll have some artists we'll have activities um, there's going to be a yoga class led by myself um, we're also going to have some uh, the Kumba dancers and drummers. Um, we're going to have um, uh, bounce houses for the children and a whole uh, kids area and food and vendors. Um, so we just want everyone to come out. Um, we still, if you are interested in being a vendor, I think we still have some spaces open. Um, so you can definitely um, register to be a vendor. Um, it's also free for the community, free registration. You can go to thcs twenty two dot eventbrite.com and there's also information on there about um, being a vendor and more information about uh, the festival so thank you just wanted to put that out there we hope to see everyone it's going to be um, a great time all right all right all right naya young naya young she's part of the the young dynasty right there <laughs> in tampa heights we're glad to see yeah. you naya and and, and glad to have you here on the show um, your mother and, and your father are, are wonderful, wonderful people. Um, yes. and, and your grandmother, oh my gosh. 
Neil Young. Yes, and, mm-hmm. uh, listen. Still very, very active. You know, we we and I, she and I, we're working. You know, at the center together. So right. he has been very active in the community for a very, very long time. Um, so we're just excited to you know put this on for the second year and. Um, you know, we really want everyone to come out and really have a great time and really see Tampa Heights and see the, the talent and the, you know, the local businesses that are right here in this area. Well, we're glad to see it because especially it fits right into what, what we're talking about today. So, and, you know, so so as we talk about disappearing black communities and, uh, and, and how to how we can uh, preserve them and preserve the history mm-hmm. and the narratives mm-hmm. of, of those communities. And, uh, you know, we got to do it. And you guys are doing a tremendous job, tremendous job where you are. So thank, thank you so much. Absolutely. You know, we have um, over these uh, years, we've seen a lot of, like you were talking about, you know, neighborhoods are changing. And Tampa Heights um, is definitely one of those neighborhoods. Um, and so we just want to, you know, be, you know, we welcome, you know, people that are, you know, moving in and. But we also want people to know that there's a history that's right here um, that should be ignored, that should be acknowledged, and should be preserved. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, we're going to have a really great time. We're going to have some, you know, historical accounts as well, just talking about the history in Tampa Heights. So it'll be a really, um, you know, great time for people to come out. Excellent. 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 Mm-hmm. Um Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Naya Young. Thank you. All right. All right. Tell everybody I say hello. And tell your uncle, man, you know, stop trying to duck me, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's on Kurt. Kurt, uh, Dr. Kurt Young. Uh, That's my boy. That's my boy. He he, he knows he's my man, 100 grand. Oh, uh, Park Atlanta will actually be at the festival as well. They'll have a taste. Yes, finally, finally, finally. No, he, let me tell you, he, uh, I looked up and Kurt was in Ghana. I was like, yeah, no, oh. Kurt. <laughs> you know, he's having a good time. Yeah, I see. I see. That's all right. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you have a you have a wonderful day, and thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunday Forum, uh, folks. Please check them out the, over there at Tampa Heights. You know, and and go out to the Tampa Heights Center, man, and and check it out. Yes. Uh, be a yes. part of, of 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 the growth and development. You know, we're doing the same thing in West Tampa on uh, that same day. Uh, we have the Fish, Grits, and Black History at the Dr. Walter L. Smith oh, Library. So, you know, it's going to be great for everybody to be able to go to to those things and take part in the yeah. panel discussions and the history and culture of the, of the, of the area. We're going to work with the, the folks at the bottom. Isn't that right, Mr. Milton? Yes, sir. We're going to do that. We're going to work with the folks at the bottom. We're going to get them, get them uh, uh, together. And I think they're organizing as well. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, we we uh, I think we're going to try to do something you know a little bit bigger and better. And uh, we think we're we're on our way. You know, absolutely, so, absolutely. Some good things. This was a bigger this was a bigger event this year. Yeah, yeah, and I think the word is getting out. You know, uh, you know, because there was there was some people that wasn't aware that we had had it last year. And uh, believe it or not, I think a year or two prior to that, it was it was even a little smaller gathering somewhere else. You know, and that's and it just kind of evolved into the one that we had last year and and the one this year. So I think we're we're on the right track, and uh, you know, we're, we're looking to do. Some good things, and I will, uh, I'm hoping you know, I can be a part of it. You know? All right, all right, you're gonna do that. Hey, listen, Naya, thank you very much. We appreciate you here. Thank you. All right, thank all you. right. Wonderful Sunday. All right, you too, you too. All right. Okay, so um, Milton, this is what we're gonna do. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to the phone lines in just a second. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> but before we do, we want to kind of get get this feeling up, get this feeling up, get get these phone lines filled up again. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. We're gonna pay a little Toto, Georgia Porja. I'm not so systematic It's just that I'm an addict 
Those are the sounds of Toto and Georgia Porgy. Georgia Porgy, put in pot, kiss the girls and make. I love this song. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that song. I, I love that song. You see that, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You can, you can watch me live right here on. <laughs> <laughs> on a Facebook page, Jack the Fool, enjoying myself right here as we talk to Mr. Milton. What's going on, Milton? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, enjoying the moment, man. Uh, you know, we had a good time yesterday. And, yes. Uh, kind of sitting back, reflecting on, you know. Uh, the bottom. The bottom, yeah. The you bottom. Know, seeing old friends, family. You know, one of the things that, 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 we, that we talked about uh, frequently, and we're going to go to the lines in just a second, uh, we're going to talk about it frequently is, you know, the, the changes. Uh, you know, I did some some uh, video and talked with folks there uh, to as, as a project with the Dr. Walter L. Smith Library, uh, which will be reopening on June 10th and June 11th. Uh, with uh, June 11th, we'll have Fish Grits and Black History. Uh, and June 10th, we'll have an evening in Orange and Green at 630 there at 905 North Albany Avenue, where, you know, we will be collecting information from the various, from people who lived during those times uh, and, 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 and have memories of those communities, right? Like the bottom, like Robert City, uh, like Port Tampa, uh, those areas that now are basically gone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are so proud to have you here with us this morning. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines, uh, and 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 let's let's talk to some folk out here who okay. have called in. Let's go. Let's get it. Caller, you're on air. Hello. Hello. How you doing? All right. All right. How you doing? You from the bottom? Walter the second. Yes. And Mika, the queen. Oh, it, it, it's it's you, Miko. But okay. Before we talk about, well, no, 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 no. If, if, if we, we're talking about the bottom, we're talking about the bottom, brother. If, if, are, you, are you calling in about the bottom? Well, the bottom. Uh, I've been to Ebor City, and I, I we went to a couple of clubs in early in early in the nineties, and you know the clubs clubs were rustic. You know they they were. They were in, uh, built, you know, one was in a built, big building over there. They probably tore it down and replaced it. And gentrification is a problem in New York, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I've been here since 1991. So, uh, you know, uh, I know about the Grady Dirt situation, too. Yeah. Long-time, <laughs> long-time residents say that Lawrence Crow was the better sheriff. And, and Grady Dirt always does that. And I don't think he knew that she was bipolar. Right. And he wouldn't have done mm-hmm. that, I don't think, if he, if, if, he, if he knew that she was bipolar. But um, I'm not going to defend Brady Dirt. He can defend himself. You can have him on his show if you want. He goes on shows. He goes on shows. He goes on uh, 4113 Glisten Drive. <laughs> well, I tell you what, brother. Thank you very much. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna see if we can get him on here. <laughs> uh, okay. So next, uh, uh, caller, you're on air. Good morning. This is Chris Steiner in Clearwater. Hi. Good morning, Chris. What's going down? Oh well, multinational corporations taking over the country and the world, and that's what I'm calling about the gentrification that we're facing. Because because, uh, you know, how come the big box stores and retail stores have, and liquor stores uh, have been allowed to stay open while local businesses or even churches have been shut down during the age of COVID without, uh, you know, during the, the pandemic? I mean, without epidemiological data ever having been provided and, and without uh, even the Seventh Amendment. So, you know, that's the due process that's required by the Seventh Seventh Amendment, a due process of law to deprive someone of life, liberty, or property. Um, you know, like in here in Pinellas County, sheriff's notices uh, were put on businesses, and the vast majority of businesses followed along, and they died. Uh, a lot of them died, but, uh, you know, big box stores got uh, record profits. They and, did, uh, but you know what? One of the things that, that, I'm, that we, that we uh, Milton, let me ask you a question, I think this is very important. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know when we when we saw the end of the busy bee. I mean that that was a small that was a mom and pop business, right? Um, 
and, and for its time, for its time, it was uh, it was it was a necessity. Um, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, where it was, it, it was a necessity, right? I mean, would, right. would you say that? Yeah. It's certainly yeah. a cultural. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was. It, you know, like I said, it was. Uh, it was a place. It had. Uh, it was like a. It was uh, you know a sundry store slash foot joint. So, yeah. uh, you know, it had a lot of you know some stuff in there that just say you know this was before you had convenience stores. Right. So if you needed something, you know, after hours or you know in the later in the evening, you could probably go there and get it. I'm not you know you know you some of your essentials so to speak. So yeah, it, it played a big part uh, of that community. And, I mean, these uh, days we call it the bootleg lady. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of relationships, I think, were formed there, uh, right there. You know, in in that particular spot at the busy beat. You know, uh, so it, it was. And like I told you yesterday, I I mentioned, uh, you know, that that building itself. You know, it's to me, it's uh, it's quote unquote. Uh, it's a landmark, a historic landmark for that community because, right. uh, again, you know, I think of, you know, uh, it, it was it, a lot of positive <clears throat> relationships and so forth was formed centered around that area there. And, you know, and some of the people, even I noticed yesterday, even took a walk back just to walk back down there just to, to look at it, you know, to see it because, you know, the structure is still there, but, you know, it's closed up, but it's still right. there. But uh, I think I think maybe one of the things we could do uh as a as a as a community is to uh come together organize and get that landmark like you were like you were saying and to uh which would help i think in the process of of us being able to take part in the in the transition that goes along with gentrification right um is is what my thought process is now understand folks when you talk about gentrification it is it is for a lot of people it's an evil word right uh, because they may not know the 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 term as being an economic term um but what so as a result people uh i use the term in situ gentrification which is much more positive uh it, it says you know it's like stay put you know as the change takes place we're not losing anything but we're gaining everything, and we are part of that change as it takes place in our own communities, like you hear in Tampa Heights. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's uh, we, yeah, we need to come together and uh, and and everybody take a role and and try to you know bring that uh, that sense of community back, you know, to that area if we can, <clears throat> by all means necessary. Right. So, uh, yeah, that would be. I, I think that would be a start. Uh, you know, to uh, to do something like that, and uh, and then restore some uh, some pride that was probably lost. To be honest with you. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. I would think. I think. You know. I think we're starting to lose a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, every day, a little something is taken from us. Uh, and, and and with no opportunity or no chance <laughs> to, to to do anything to to resolve it to preserve it or anything like that. But I think now as we start to recognize these things happening, people like yourself and people who are from the bottom who have done everything they can to preserve that uh, mm-hmm. that history. Um, you know, like I know for me. I'm going to do everything I can, Mr. Johnson, to make sure that we are preserving the bottom in this history, um, both both its history on paper and film, but also its its physical presence. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. While we might see improvements and things like that take place, we cannot lose the the historical infrastructure. Right. Correct. Yeah. You right because you don't want you don't want to. Uh, destroy a part of your history trying to make improvements because then that it was uh, so to speak you know I don't want to say it was all in vain but then you you've done the opposite you had the opposite effect so mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah that would be 
Because, uh, you know, I tell you, when when uh, when it first closed down, you know, it was almost kind of it was almost kind of disappointing and heartbreaking, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, because we, you know, I felt like because, like you said before, there was some that left uh, that would come back, even if, and if they would come back, that would be OK. If I wanted to come back to the neighborhood or community to see somebody that I may have not seen uh, in X amount of years, more than likely your chances were great. If you went down near the busy B, you would probably see them or see somebody that knew them that, you know, you could, you could, uh, be able to locate them. So that, right. you know, that, that's where they played an important, important role there. Uh, and I know myself, you know, uh, I would go back in that area, uh, on the weekends and so forth. And, you know, again, you know, see people that I hadn't seen, you know, and, higher along and uh so yeah it's uh it's uh played an important role to be honest with you absolutely um let's let's go on let's get the rest of these calls okay okay caller you're on air uh yeah good morning hey Hi. good morning walter hey what's going on you okay uh, uh okay um uh, i didn't live in the bottom uh i wanted to ask your guest uh, I forgot your name. Well, good morning anyway. Mr. Johnson, Milton Johnson. Mr. Milton Johnson, Johnson. Mr. Johnson, good morning. Um, yeah. One thing you said about uh, the bottom, uh, mm -hmm. you said brought up about integration. Um, are you saying that uh, you will want to go back to uh, a desegregated uh, situation? Because, see, with me, with desegregation, um, if you were black and if you got sick, your only option was, and I don't know if they were in existence at the time, you could not go to Tampa General. You right. had to go to you had to go to the Clarify, right. which was under underfunded, understaffed, mm -hmm. okay, and didn't have you know the necessarily stuff. Um, and there were things that were not you know accessible by us as a people. No, I mean, I, go I, back I, to segregation. Segregation? No, I, no, that I wasn't. That wasn't the point that I was trying to make. No, like I said, there were there were a lot of positive things with integration, uh, right? And, and some of them, were, what you just elaborated on, you know, for his uh, healthcare and so forth. My the point that I was trying to make is that when that took place, I, I give you an example. Uh, kids that I had went to school with, my classmates that I had went to school with in elementary school, when I was in elementary school when segregation started, uh, we got divided up because if you lived on one side of 22nd Street, you went to one particular school, and if you lived right. on the other side of 22nd Street, you went to another. So that's where I'm talking about, you know, that's where a lot of it was lost because we lost contact with each other. We, we grew up, we went to, you know, we went to different junior high, high schools, and so right. forth. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, a, a guy that, a, a, just say a person or kid that I may have grown up with that I went to elementary school with, I, and, you know, after integration, I didn't see him anymore. You know, and maybe, you know, maybe 10 years later, I see him somewhere. Yeah, I remember you. You're from the bottom, blah, blah, blah. We went to school right. together. We did this mm -hmm. and that together. Mm -hmm. So that's, I, that's, the, that's, that's the point that I was trying to get at. That's, you know, that's some of the negative part of it. Now, uh, no, of course, integration, uh, uh, that was a, that was a, a necessity. I mean, otherwise, we, uh, you know, you know, you, you know as well as I do, and, you know, you're talking about separate but equal, and we know that it <laughs> takes place. Inherently unequal. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so, no, and, 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 and there were a lot of good opportunities that came out of integration, you know, so to speak, uh, you know, for its education and so forth, because you know as well as I do with, with segregation, you know, the schools got the secondhand books, right? Uh, you know, and stuff like that. So there, can, there was a lot of resources there that came from integration. So can, no, I, 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 not, can I say this yeah. real quickly? Because I know you got a lot of calls and the time is probably short. What a lot of people don't seem to understand when, when we get into that, and I know we're talking about the bottom, and the people who live there with, with uh, 
desegregation and segregation. People don't understand when we desegregated, um, we did not control the narrative. Like you made mention about, that was like a wow to me. Mm-hmm. Where the bottom is, you had people who were bust. That's really across town to Lato, to town and country. That yeah. was not what we wanted with integration. What exactly. we wanted with integration is to be allowed as American citizens who pay taxes, mm-hmm. you know, for the water and, and for road construction and, 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 and the basics of life, living in, in a community, mm-hmm. uh, to be integrated, to enjoy all the benefits of the community. And we did not control the narrative. And I understand that's what really, which touches on another thing, CRT, critical race theory, Mm. a theory that many of the the things that we suffer today are still suffering today had its genesis back in the past with uh, egregious actions. Okay. So, and Mm -hmm. I know that's going we ain't trying to go on that side street. We're talking about the bottom. Right. But uh, a lot of people don't seem to grasp that the people who control, they control the narrative. So instead of, you know, white kids being bust into Middleton, white kids being bust into Blake, they split us up and had us going out to Brandon, going out to, uh, like what, like you said, town and country. They were right. building new schools, but they ain't build them in our neighborhood. They <laughs> built them out there. Right, okay, right. they controlled the power, they controlled the authority, and they controlled the the money. So when when you bring those those words up and you say the things that that you say, we really got to go into detail about. I didn't really control. You know, I wanted integration. But we, we didn't control the narrative how we wanted things to go. And they know okay. how we wanted want things to go. And one thing Walter brought up before you were brought onto the air about uh, solid waste drifting down into your neighborhood. Right. Um, I hope you can understand what I'm saying, Walter, when I say it like this. Nobody wants to... Yeah, gentrification. We don't want our neighborhoods destroyed... Uh, but nobody wants to live in a garbage can. Mm-mm. If you understand what I'm saying, Mm-mm. I don't want. Right. I don't have any fond memories of wanting to have to swim in a in a, <laughs> in a, in a river with solid waste. <laughs> and I believe that was before what the EPA, because I was talking to somebody about that. How round Bayshore, how it used to stink. Why did it stink? Because of what the city of Tampa used to do, and what they used to how they used to dump their solid waste. So. A lot of this is we never control the narrative about our neighborhoods. Like where I live now, there's gentrification. Uh, uh, other neighborhoods, there's gentrification. There are people, you know, as soon as I start making a little bit of money, I'm out of here. I'm leaving here, right. which is your right. You can live wherever you want to. Some people, they don't like the United States no more, so they're moving back to Africa. I don't see nobody wanting to move back to Somalia. They don't want to move back to Ethiopia. <laughs> they don't want to do Chad. No, no. But we're talking about the bottom. Okay. Right. So the thing that I'm, I'm getting, that was kind of like the thing I'm, I'm getting out of this. Walter, it's good talking to you and Missy Miko and, and, and Mobili. And Walter, let me, let me just say this. I, I got to be honest with you. You know I respect your show. I really do. And I respect the topics, but my heart and my soul is not is really not into this. I'm speaking for me. Uh, you know, it's in Uvalde and what's going on with Buffalo, and hopefully you will have no, one that, day yeah. that you're going to really talk about about that. But you guys, y'all have a wonderful morning, and, and thank you. And I'd like to hear more uh, about the bottom. Y'all have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye, Daryl. All right, all right, all right. Walter, can I interject before yes, we get please. the... Uh, issue that I have the question is what was lost because and how can it be re, uh, repaired because I'm looking at we talk about reparations for slavery but there are cities in other states that are talking about reparations for what happened during urban renewal efforts of the late 20th right, century right and I'm wondering is you know 
that is that really what was lost? Because a lot of communities, black communities, were raised, you know, especially after federal uh, demands that you know banks redline keep certain people keep us out of certain neighborhoods, right. and then the neighborhoods that we did build up and uh, created some internal wealth uh, were raised, and so a lot of cities are are creating reparations programs, including. Cities in Rhode Island, Chicago, uh, there are certain colleges that were engaged in slavery and in certain uh, efforts during the 20th century that local cities, towns, and colleges, even states are increasingly taking up reparations as an effort at the federal level to have gone nowhere, but other places are coming up with great ideas. So when we look at the bottom and we look at what happened here in Tampa, you know, I see there are a lot of empty lots there it seemed like there, there's something that went on here right. that needs to be repaired mr johnson yeah i'm listening well, I, I thought he was i thought he was addressing the question to you so that's why i was being oh no 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 no. he was just bringing it up and just, just just yeah bringing it up as a point well you know, what was lost I, I, I don't know you know yeah reparations would be uh, a great you know thing if, if it actually came to fruition i don't know that it that it can or that it, it, it ever will. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, there was, there was, uh, how to speak, uh, how to say it. There was, yeah, that neighborhood was slighted and blighted and, and so were other, a lot of other, uh, communities of color. So how you can go back and calculate, uh, say, the loss, the, the loss. Uh, the, the, you know the, the the opportunities, the economic opportunities that could have, uh, you know, flourished there. I, you know, I don't know, you know, how that could be uh, uh, again calculated and come up with a, a figure. Of, and it don't necessarily have necessarily always have to be, you know, financial. You know, there could be other things that could be done to uh, to make up for that some of the wrongdoings that was done in the past. Uh, you know. Uh, say, for instance, like that that community there, the bottom, you know, a good thing would be to build a structure there and put it where kids could go after school for reading, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with some, you know, technology there with some computers where, because mm-hmm. I would venture to say a lot of the kids in that area right now uh, probably don't have access to the Internet, you know, when they get out of school in the afternoon. So, you know, something like that. If you talking about reparations and you want to, uh, you know, make up for for the past wrongdoings, that would be something where uh, my focus would be at, as, as far as uh, as opposed to just say uh, putting financial or putting money in somebody's pocket. Because I think when you start doing that, then you open up a can of worms. Because you're gonna, how are you going to say okay? The conditions that I lived in, uh, how can you put a value on that as opposed to somebody, the conditions that they lived in down the street from me or in another community of color? So uh, right. They may have know. done better in, or, in, right, than, right. than others, so, yeah, and may not have yeah, suffered so, right, uh, so, the same type of yeah. blight. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, that would be that would be the hard part of it. So I think the, the, the easier course would be to do that to where it, you know, so to speak, you can't make up for what has happened, so to speak. So let's go, you know, do something where it affects our kids today and in the future. Uh, you know, and so it would give me more pride to say, okay, we did something like that in that community, and we have stu- uh, kids and students that came out of that area uh, that went on to, to lead productive lives, you know. Right. So that... That would be uh, type of reparation, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you will. Right. So uh, that's that's interesting. Um, you know, we, we we see that, and one of the biggest questions is what form should reparations uh, take? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, is it the form of a check every time, or is it the form of a scholarship, uh, free schooling, mm-hmm. uh, college education, and so forth? The opportunity, anyway. For free education, all those things. Are, uh, you can start with affordable housing, establishing yeah, housing fund, uh, things of that nature that looks at people's quality of life. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I agree with that. Yeah, 
know. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, right now, as it is, they're putting in houses that are half a million dollars, maybe. I know. Dollars. Way out of reach for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. Ridiculous well, stuff. Well, you know, uh, if, if, if you look at, you look at, say, the bottom in Ebor City, um, you, you know, you look at some of the, the improvements, so to speak. You, Walter, you've seen it, some of the houses that they actually relocated uh, and put over there near the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, you know, the property values went up, which means your taxes are going to go up, which is, in a little sick, you, you, you're driving people out. You know? right. So you, you're almost displacing them, uh, uh, whether that's, you know, that's your intention, you know, their intentions or not, you know, that's, that's a different story, but, uh, so yeah, affordable housing would be yeah, you know that would be a start um, to build you know because there's a lot of vacant lots there and, and, and structures that probably should be torn down and you can rebuild there and put affordable housing there, uh, and that would be a start you know to, to to again bring some pride back to the to the community I think and mm. with and we know that pride comes with with ownership comes pride right uh, right. So. Yeah. Absolutely. We got we got a uh, couple more calls. Yes. Let's go ahead and get to those. Caller, you're on air. Yes, um, this is Adam. How's it going, Walt? What's up, man? All right, all right. Great conversation. Just want to talk about what you're talking about at the bottom. Um, I don't know what the total population of people that live in that concentrated area that you talk about, as you refer to the bottom, but that is one of the first things is that the people that historically have lived there, they need to sit down, gather together, and decide what is their end goal. Um, I agree with you as far as, like, you know, getting on recording, you know, some of the people that have been there and experienced it that you have it from a, from a historical record. Right. Second thing or third thing is that what needs to happen is in these communities, predominantly African-American communities historically, before, as you said, gentrification is not a negative thing. It's some the, it may have negative results. What you refer to as, as increasing gentrification, gentrification is just investment in areas. Now, what we're talking about when gentrification comes into African-American communities, you have a result of displacement. Because the thing is, it becomes too cost prohibitive once the investment comes in of wealthier people that it displaces the historic people that have been lived there. So we're talking about displacement. I would suggest anybody that has show signs to look at this documentary called Everything Will Be White. It's a four part, um, and it talks about displacement in larger um, African American um, metropolitan centers and what happens once gentrification comes in and um, the African-Americans are displaced from historic places like how Bed-Stuy used to be, how Brooklyn used to be, how the Bronx used to be, and how they've changed and it's now it's become a rich enclave. Right. Same thing that's happened here in Tampa where you've had where years ago, and I remember Walt, you telling me about how High Park used to be. Right. High Park is con- considered to be an affluent enclave but, like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was a blighted area. When investment came in, it displaced a lot of the residents, historic residents that were there. The same thing that needs to be talked about with the bottom. What I would suggest is that the people that live in that area who have historically been there in other cities or other towns or neighborhoods, they create what is called a preservation society. Mm. There should be wow. a bottom wow. preservation society where you can get a collective of the residents, y'all sit down, y'all talk about what do you want to see happen. Because if you don't do that, if you don't have a the bottom preservation society where you can maybe leverage some of the investment that is coming in and make certain demands that, you know what, we don't want just a park. We just don't want a plaque that black right. people were here. We <laughs> want a preservation society. Because that's what happened... You, you know this part. That's what happens, yeah. That's what, what happens. happens. What happened in Ebor City, Ebor proper, and when Ebor was blighted, the, the Latinos and the Cubans decided that, you know what, you can we'll take the investment, but you're also going to preserve our culture. So that's what needs to happen with 
your part of Ebor that y'all uh, get together and create a preservation society. And Mr. Milton, you're one of the elders. There, there are a few of you, there are quite a few of you left. But the thing is that it is imperative right now that you get recorded history because the thing is is that we don't know what five years from now after going through COVID if we're going to have a lot of those residents that can relate a story, right. that can tell the, the proper history. Because if we leave it up to um, the others, they're going to give a sanitized version of, of what happened. So all I would okay. just suggest is that as far as the bottom is concerned, create a bottom preservation society and decide whatever form in terms of whatever demands that y'all may place with the city or the county and whatever potential investment comes in, that you have to be directly involved and not just be dictated to what we that what they will give you. Okay? And that's all I gotta say. Well said. Good. I didn't think about that. The historic preservation society. That's awesome. Yeah. White people do that all the time. All right, um, I guess we can take one more caller here. Uh, we, we don't. Oh, we won't yeah. have time for it. Oh, we okay. Time for it. We gotta wrap it up, folks. If you if you called in today, thank you so much for joining us today. We want to thank our guests. Uh, you know, Mr. Milton Johnson. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, I, I call him Cowboy because <laughs> because yeah, he he's the all the cowboy hat, but also be, because he brings the horses around and brings such joy to uh, the kids of the community and uh, to the people of the community as well in the bottom and in that this part of Tampa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we, we're, we're glad to have the opportunity to talk about the bottom. It's history with you, Mr. Milton Johnson. And we're going to have you back on again. Okay. Um, I'll be glad to come back again. And thank you again for having me, inviting me to the show. And it was a pleasure experience. So. All right. All right, we're gonna we're gonna work very closely together to get this preservation society going. That's that's work. Yeah, yeah. Hats off to the gentleman that uh, brought that up. I'm telling you, that's a good idea. I'm so, telling you, you know, we we got to start somewhere. That's right. Hey, listen, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on the, on the Sunday Forum, and this is your host Walter us with the second along with the members of the Fourth Estate Crew, and as always, from my voice to the radio waves to the hearts and minds of people, we love you in this hour.